is Monday, June 20th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Andy Cross. Also from Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers. Guys, happy Monday. Hey, Chris. Chris. We will share your reactions to yes, no, maybe so. We will help you kick off summer county fair season in style. But first, we will take a look at Berkshire Hathaway. Yes, the Warren Buffett-led holding company. Insurance, reinsurance, utilities, retail, manufacturing, finance, and a stock that is trading near a 52-week low. Andy, I will start with you. Berkshire is a stock advisor recommendation. It is. Uh, investors have made a lot of money off this stock. What is going on now? Yeah, and and Chris, I'm I'm one of them. I've held I've held I've been invested in Berkshire since the 90s, and um, I haven't. So by all means, rub it in. Well, no, no, no rub in here. Well, this is your chance now. This is a good opportunity. The stock's down 12 percent over the last three months. The market's about flat, down a little bit, but. But a company like Berkshire Hathaway priced at a round book value with Warren Buffett, although 80 years old, still healthy, still of sound mind, you know, still a great investing and business leader, there's a lot of value that Berkshire can still extract from their operating units and their investments. Jason, what do you think? I, it's that age-old stock market wisdom of buying low and selling high. I mean, you don't very often get a chance to buy Berkshire at this low of a multiple, I mean, like Andy was saying, it is trading just a little bit over book value right now. And if you go all the way back to 1994, uh, looking through 2010, it's, it's traded closer to about a, a multiple of 1.8 times book value. So obviously, uh, there is some uncertainty there in the market as far as as the succession issues and what exactly the company's going to look like post uh, Buffett. But uh, I, th- I think that uh, if you have any any inkling that the company's going to survive and do well, then this is the time to get in. Yeah, I think it goes to show you that in the investing world, no matter how long your track record, you're never going to reach the level of the Pope where you just have this air of infallibility around you. (laughs) I mean, seriously, Buffett has been doing this for 50 years, and people are still uh, putting the question out there, has he lost his touch or what's going on? That's just ridiculous. Now, one of the selling points for owning Berkshire is the diversity that you get. Um, Berkshire's portfolio includes uh, Coca-Cola, Wells Fargo, Johnson & Johnson. Is Berkshire Hathaway a compromise for people who are maybe looking for an index fund but with slightly more upside? Well, I don't know. Um, they, they do. Berkshire Hathaway now is as much an operating company with um, so many ex- such exposure to the global economy. You're talking about Burlington Northern, Geico, Fruit of the Loom, Pampered Chef, NetJets. They have so many great operating assets that they're going to generate cash and Warren Buffett's going to use. Now, I wouldn't say that's a replacement for an index fund, um, but certainly, again, if you're looking for a chance to buy Berkshire Hathaway at a price that you really haven't been able to buy in the past – you know, especially now with the B shares trading um, less than eighty dollars a share, and people can have access to to buy that stock. It's a good time to buy it. So, why the fifty-two week low? Is it is it the economy that we're in? Yeah, I think there is a lot of uncertainty around the economy, and like I mentioned, Berkshire Hathaway has exposure to a lot of the a lot of the macro economy. Warren Buffett took a little reputational hit when David Sokol, one of Buffett's top lieutenants, pitched Buffett a company. Sokol didn't disclose that he owned shares, fully disclosed that he owned shares. People criticized Buffett on how that was handled and how that was disclosed. So there's that. Um, there's concerns about the, the economy. Um, there's concerns about some insurance uh, catastrophe hitting Berkshire Hathaway. It's a $180 billion company. So to really get the returns for this in, investment, Warren and Charlie, his, Charlie Munger, his vice chairman, um, have to continue to earn higher and higher returns. That's a challenge with large companies, but they've proven over the years they're up to the task. Okay. In our last installment of Market Foolery, we experimented with something we call Yes, No, Maybe So, or 
basically you guys came to the table, Charlie and Jason, with three stocks, one you really liked, one you really didn't, and one that you were on the fence about. Um, we asked people to email us, tell us what they thought. Thank you to everyone who emailed in. Uh, almost everyone, I'm happy to say, almost everyone who emailed us voted yes. We had a couple of no votes. Um, so then that was dozens of yes votes. <laughs> exactly, because we have dozens of listeners. Yes. Um, uh, but one listener, uh, Lanny Lee, wrote in with a yes, no, maybe so of his own. So I wanted to spot you up with what he wrote, get your reaction. Um, his yes is National Bank of Greece, ticker symbol NBG, and I'm quoting from his email. Whether or not Greece defaults, stays in, or leaves the European European Union, it needs to have banks and a banking system, and NBG is Greece's biggest bank, plus it actually reported a profit in its most recent quarter. You agree, Charlie? Uh, actually, I don't, Chris. I am a little bit familiar with National Bank of Greece. It's a company we looked at for a million-dollar portfolio. And what people need to realize, yes, uh, Greece will always need a banking system, but it does not mean that the uh, common stockholders of that bank will remain intact. Because if the bank is put into a situation where it takes losses on the sovereign debt it owns, uh, the capital uh, the, and the equity holders take the first losses. You could be wiped out. And so they would have to bring in additional investors, and they're going to be the new owners of the company, and your shares are going to be effectively worthless, as that happened with General Motors, for example, before it went into bankruptcy. Um, so I would view a, a, an investment in National Bank of Greece at this time kind of gambling, and I, I wouldn't recommend it for full members. All right. His no stock uh, is actually a sector. He writes, anything to do with energy derived from wind. It's all a load of hot air. Jason, that's, that's a pun. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that worthy a pun. of that's that's a, really a, that's a Moser-esque pun right there. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to write, it's romantic and idealistic, but impractical and unpredictable. There's also too much nimbyism involved. Not in my backyard. Big blades slicing through the air. No thanks. What do we think about the wind energy sector, Jason? Nimby. Not in my backyard. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I actually agree with that. I think that uh, – take, for example, T. Boone Pickens. I mean, he just pulled back on a, on a big order of, uh, of wind turbines, yep. I think, with General Electric. And as romantic as it is, and, and I'm, I'm certainly an advocate of, of, uh, of the green movement, I just – win right now, it's, it's not – economically sensible it's it's just too difficult to predict and um and you're right the the nimby not in my backyard problem is is there as well and finally his maybe so stock the stock that he is on the fence about research in motion he writes no doubt rim has taken a beating but i wouldn't write it off yet yes it needs a shake up at the top even a complete replacement but blackberries <laughs> are so much a part of the culture and the business landscape that like certain banks, perhaps it too is too big to fail. Pricing is really attractive now and could become more so. Also, I'm Canadian, so I can't help but root for a fellow Canadian. <laughs> Finally, BlackBerry <laughs> should stop trying to compete with Apple. It is its own thing. Well, they just got Ron Paul's endorsement, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> During the debate last week, yeah, Ron Paul was given the choice, BlackBerry or iPhone. He picked BlackBerry. Charlie, what do you think? Research in motion? Are you on the fence about it? Uh, on the fence, but maybe kind of teetering over the side. Uh, <laughs> I think the they used to have the stronghold in the government here in the States. I know a lot of people who are government employees who said the government would never move away from BlackBerry because of the security advantages they have. Um, but articles are starting to come out that that is not necessarily going to be the case going forward. And if they lose that stronghold, I would be worried about them going forward. I mean, they don't have the brand cachet. Yeah, that is true, Charlie. No, they don't have the brand cachet for the consumer space, and they just really haven't demonstrated, uh, um, recently at least, 
a um, capability to innovate. If you're in that space and you're not innovating um, and your brand cachet isn't what it needs to be, that's a very dangerous combination. Yeah, and I mean, top that all off with the fact that management appears to not be that great at capital allocation either. I mean, I read something this morning where over the past I think it was over the past two years, they've spent almost about two and a half billion dollars on share buybacks. Uh, you know, shares were, were upwards of, of $60 per share, and the, the shares are now under 30 And so they, they spent a decent amount of money buying shares back that have subsequently lost a lot of value. All right. Thanks to Lanny Lee for that email. You can always drop us an email, radio at fool.com. Guys, we also got an email from Jacqueline Ray, a listener in Dubai. Uh, She also liked the Yes, No, Maybe So segment. But she also weighed in on a story we did on the latest installment of our Motley Fool Money radio show. We talked about Tang, which uh, just crossed the one billion sales mark. It's it's the latest billion-dollar brand for craft. Uh, craft foods, uh, and we asked people to send us their uh, the weirdest flavor that they've encountered. Uh, Jacqueline Ray in Dubai uh, wrote us about lemon and pepper flavored tang, and she included uh, a link to a YouTube uh, video with an ad that's running in Pakistan for lemon and pepper tang. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, but tang is not the only powdered drink in the news. The food-making headlines at the San Diego County Fair this year is deep-fried Kool-Aid. Charlie Bogosian, the creator, told the San Diego Union-Tribune he sold around 1,000 orders of deep-fried Kool-Aid the opening weekend of the fair. That is double the rate of previous debut items. Why? Quote, because it tastes so darn good. He also sells deep-fried Klondike bars, Thin Mints, avocados, and frog legs. Um, Charlie, do you have a, a county fair indulgence? Or it, it, it used to be a the combo meal of cotton candy with the funnel cake. As wow, that's a nice... I like how he classifies that as a meal. <laughs> well, a... when you're like nine years old, it is kind of a meal. That's you know, a, a big Coke, but point then... Well uh, too much of a spin on those teacups in the August heat of St. Louis, and I've, I haven't had a funnel cake in like 20, 25 years. Wow. So there was a funnel cake incident, you yes. saying? Yes. Yes. There was an incident. We'll uh, leave it at that. All right. Drop us an email, radio at fool.com. Tell us your county fair indulgence, or, you know, if like Charlie, um, is somewhere in your past there's an incident, um, you know what? Just in the subject line, just write, never eat blank before going on the blank ride. We just want to know. We just want to know what is the food and what is the ride if you've had that kind of incident. Radio at fool.com. Charlie Travers, Andy Cross, Jason Moser. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 